Hi, it's Shelley Flett, and I'm so excited that you're joining me to listen to the Dynamic Leader podcast. The podcast is centered around my book, The Dynamic Leader, and includes reading of the chapters, along with interviews with leaders in a number of different industries. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to get yourself a copy of The Dynamic Leader, either online through booktopia.com or at any good bookstore. I'm passionate about creating the next generation of dynamic leaders and sharing tools and experiences that can completely transform an individual, a team, or a whole organization. I ask that you listen with curiosity and be open to taking on different perspectives. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Dynamic Leader Podcast. And today we are talking about mindset, something that I'm really, really passionate about and feel strongly about and think that contributes to um, a lot of what makes a successful and an unsuccessful leader. Um, And I'm uh, lucky enough to have um, the amazing business owner, Lana Bonet, joining me. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Shelley. Thanks for having me. Um, now, we've known each other, I was th- trying to think about this the other day, I think we've known each other for maybe um, maybe four years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. At least. Um, and what I love about um, having you in my network is that we're local, so we don't um, live on the opposite sides of the city, um, and um, we sort of form part of the same local community, which is really cool. Uh, what I also like is that you are a small business owner. Uh, which is quite different to some of the um, leaders that I am interviewing through this process. And I think that um, small business owners um, experience a lot of things different in terms of you know cash flow and finance and budget, etc. But they also experience a lot of things that are similar. Um, so I'd love to hear about your insights on um, on leadership first. Um, so tell us about your your journey uh, into leadership. What was that like? Uh, what were what was the mindset that you went in with even? Yeah, I, I think um, I definitely agree with you. It's being a small business owner, you've obviously got to wear so many different hats and do everything everywhere. Um, and and yeah, the, the journey for me into leadership has been really sort of like a, a rocky road, I suppose, but um, a fun one at that. Um, I think where it first started was in my job in the call center and um, where they sort of made their decisions on leaders based on just performance and how you were sort of going mm-hmm. and straight away it was you're doing really good at sales bang you're the tool I see and then you know within a couple of weeks it was all oh, the team leaders on holiday you've got your own team for this week and um, you know learning I guess only from them and doing you know sort of my style was mimicking them because I didn't know any better and that still remains um, one of the uh, most used uh, leadership, um, I guess, educational techniques is that we learn from uh, other leaders. Uh, what we don't know at the time is whether that's the right leader to learn from. Um, and I guess the whole purpose of this book is how to become the leader that others are inspired to follow as opposed to the leader that is just there and you have no choice. So what was the style that you adopted when you first stepped in? It was really the old style managerial, you know, you do as I say, or you, there'll be a consequence. Um, that was really how they used to lead. And it was, you know, um, purely statistic based and, um, performance based, um, and 
not really getting to know the person and what makes them tick and you know what why do they get up every morning none of that really and so contrast the days where you you know were in a leadership role within a contact center environment to um, owning your own business what's changed well firstly i had no idea you know i wasn't even thinking leadership when we first started the business and um you know danny and i were just sort of making it up as we went and then honestly the i went to a talk where three presenters were presenting and you were one of them Mm -hmm. and it was put your name here if you'd like to have a chat and that's where it started i had no idea even you know that i would want a mentor what would a mentor mean for our business what would leadership look like in our business i didn't even know that you know because at that at that stage it was just danny and i so i didn't even know that leadership you know is in all forms i didn't go down that thought pattern so regardless of whether it was danny and i or whether we were going to have staff which we went on to to have later on um leadership was going to be very important but Mm -hmm. i didn't know it so how if there are um small business owners who are listening to this podcast who don't necessarily see themselves as leaders but just business owners what advice would you give them i'd definitely say that you you are a leader no matter what because you know around any corner or any conversation you don't know who's listening or who's watching and you know what present what opportunity might present itself um and i would say you're definitely a leader to your you know clients to the people that you network with um leadership just isn't just having staff no it's and and there's a as a part around um leading yourself uh, as well as leading others and when you are um, in a unique situation where you're in a partnership uh, how important is leadership yeah i guess you have to lead each other at times and you know one might be feeling down one day and there's so many components of leadership and how do you pick them up what makes them tick every morning I've really had to in our friendship of 15 years and being business partners I've really had to get to know Danny Mm -hmm. and you know she's had to get to know me and and you know when we are down in the dumps on some particular day what is it that we can do Mm -hmm. to help each other and and motivate each other and you know even in terms of setting goals together and all that all that is leadership yeah, and so um, it kind of it's a really good transition into mindset as well because um, how you are uh, feeling from one day to the next um, isn't really of any concern to your clients, and so um, they have an expectation that you you turn up and and you do your best. Um, so how important is the mindset component? I would say it's so so important, and so many aspects of it. Um, is really important you know there's been times where things may may have happened in my you know private life and yet i've got to i've got to show up the next day and i've got a client to meet and i've got to be my happy self and i've got to get on with it um and but all the stuff that you do behind the scenes is what puts you in that mindset to to get up and go that next day um and i was thinking about it the other day and and you know there's been one of my big things for my mindset is my to-do list like everyone mm. has their to-do list and for me the days when i'm in a really 
tough mindset is the days where my to-do list isn't done. Mm-hmm. So I might have been procrastinating about something, right? And, you know, instead of getting on with it and getting it done because it, it might be a hard item on that list and leaving it till last and then it, as soon as it comes along, I'm like, oh, I don't have time for it now. I leave work that day or I, I shut the door on work that day and I've struggled to have fun in my leisure time. I struggled to have, you know, to be a good person to be around. But the days where I'm like, right, the hard thing, that's getting done first. And then just smash this list out of the way, put your headphones in and just get it done. Yeah. And straight away I can switch off. I'm a better person to be around and myself and Danny have, have a better relationship inside of work and outside of work. Fabulous. That's such good advice and I love the concept of um, doing the hardest thing first I uh, recently uh, rejoined a gym after a <clears throat> decade hiatus where I convinced myself I didn't need to uh, <laughs> exercise um, and I had tried in a variety of forms to get uh, active and, and healthier and, and fitter Um, over the last 10 years and I didn't find anything that worked for me quite as well as what worked for me prior to having children Um, and so what that was was getting up in the morning and the very first thing that I did was go to the gym Um, and so I found a a 24-hour gym and um, I get up now at quarter to five in the morning um, at the gym by five o'clock and um, what I notice is the self-talk starts to kick in when I'm on my way to the gym so I'm, I'm already in the car before the self-talk is like oh you really can't be bothered maybe you should go back to bed but I'm already I'm already in I'm, I've already made the decision um, and so for me um, that's that's working um, and I hope that it continues to work I'm up at five o'clock anyway so um, not telling everyone else to get up at five o'clock in the morning but it's it really is about finding what will work and not allowing those um reasons and excuses to pop in throughout the day well it's funny you say that because obviously we've been working together for a while and um you know one of the things i've always struggled with though even for as long as you've known me i think you would agree that it's to be alone and to just have time out Mm -hmm. just silence with nothing around time out and struggled to find something that would allow me to do it and so it might sound a little bit silly but for the past um, couple of months I've been going and getting a facial yes for no other reason just to relax right so it all started for my birthday I got one a voucher and then I went and I was like oh that's it was really nervous but I was like it, it actually wasn't that bad it's quite good and so I started to going going on local and for that whole hour I am just forced to relax and it's just changed my mindset And what's interesting about a facial is you can't talk, can you? No. Got to be quiet. And there's like meditation music and it's, you know, steam in your face and all these different senses and smells and... That is so good. And I think it's, I mean, that's a really, really um, powerful thing for for any leader in any capacity is know yourself, um, know what you gravitate to automatically and know where that's not the best place to be gravitating to um, I'm similar to you um, love to be around people and if I've got a gap in my calendar I'll try to fill it with a conversation or a coffee catch up or something with someone um, but what I really need to be doing is just stopping and um, being and in terms of mindset uh, it allows us just that um, presence and ability to 
um, reflect and gather our thoughts. And so what goes on in your mind when you're um, trapped for an hour <laughs> with a facial? I mean, relaxing for an hour. With a facial. <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's sort of like, you know, it's a time to stop. So all day it might be phone calls, thinking of this, doing that, don't forget this, call this person, go here, run there. It's manic. So then when you're forced to stop for an hour, it's just none of that. So my brain is forced to just be and to walk out of there relaxed. It's really a chance to just take a breath and just think about what I'm grateful for and just enjoy life and, you know, think about the positive things and bring the fun back into it because it's very easy to get into a negative mindset when you're so busy and you're so full on. Um, But it's... It's really helped being able to just lay there and just think, you know, of all the good things, recharge, refresh, and you're off again. Fabulous. I love that. I might even consider facials. Um, yeah, I've, I've been playing around a little bit with the float tanks, um, but I often get a little bit cold in there. So mm. uh, maybe maybe facials might be the next. Uh, <laughs> Instead of being trapped in a tank, be trapped in a facial <laughs> I don't mind the idea of being trapped if it means that I've just got to stop. And I find that um, it gives me um, clarity and the ability to um, focus on the things that I need to. Uh, I love the, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's been a book that's been around for years. Um, But Stephen Covey talks about stopping to sharpen your sore. And I think mindset is a really, there's a big component of of stopping just to regroup and, and just be still for a bit. So... Um, really good. So um, for all of our listeners, uh, Lana is partners with Danny in a um, business called L&D Picturesque Painting. So you do a lot of uh, commercial painting um, for uh, it, a lot a lot of different people, but it's uh, historically been a uh, very, um, I don't want to say male dominated, but I, I can't find another word, so I will. Um, but it's been an industry where there's been uh, not a great deal of thought to relationships and the importance of um, you know having conversations and being nice to each other. What has your time, because you've been in your business, what? how long has it been now? Five years now. Five years. So over the last five years, what has your mindset done to help you deal with the, the style and the type of people who are who are known in the trades industry as being you know um i'm trying i'm trying not to be judgmental or anything but you know just quite um those difficult people yeah direct and um maybe a little bit abrupt at times or um not appearing to care a great deal those kind of things yeah so those type of people um you know, obviously they're going to be everywhere in every industry. Um, they're going to pop up. And so the me five years ago, uh, when these types of people would pop up, I would just deal with them in what I thought was leadership, referring back to the contact centre, and it was just, you know, they're fiery to you, so you be fiery back, and that's how it gets solved. Whereas, you know, fast forward five years, we're still dealing with those people because they're never going to go away. Um, but it's, I found you've got so much control from your end as to how that conversation will end. You don't have control as to how it will start, but you've got a control, a sense of control um, as to how you, what path you take it down. And I've learned, you know, 
the other person can be how they want to be but if I control how I am and take a breath and start to think about what's going down you know what's going on below the surface for them maybe they are worried about something maybe there's a it's a lot more than what's being said and so if I'm more giving more thought around that then the conversation usually ends more positive Mm. because you know fiery to each other is obviously just going to blow up and that's going to be the outcome um i was dealing with this uh this waitress at a restaurant a couple of um, months ago and she was quite abrupt and quite rude and you know is there anything else and the plates would get slammed on the table and you know all this sort of stuff and when we called her over it was all too much trouble and and all that and i took a breath and I thought to myself, you got two options. You can either say, hold on a minute, what's going on here? But what I did is she came over the third time and I was like, oh, is everything okay? Like, are we, you know, causing you any trouble? Or just to ask a question um, using my leadership mentality. And she turned around and she said, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm just worried about the group of guys over there that might cause some trouble tonight. <laughs> so it was nothing to do with us. So, you know... I use that mentality when I'm dealing with these type of people in work as well. And it works so much better than what it used to. Yeah. And so thinking about that, and I love that example, hospitality is such a tough um, environment to uh, remain positive and keep a, keep a happy mindset. Um, what's the thinking back with all of the tradespeople and um, you know, business owners that you've had to deal with, what's your proudest moment when there has been a um, you know potential confrontation that you have managed to compose yourself and stay calm and walk away or whatever it was what what's your proudest moment i think it's um it's actually a moment from danny and i'm sure you'll remember um we were doing a, a quite a large commercial job and there was a lot of different personalities and people and um, one of these people was a, uh, a health and safety person um, in charge of equipment and all sorts of stuff. And um, Danny went to hop on a scissor lift, put all her tools on there. This particular person had watched her put everything on there. And uh, and then she got on it and she started to move it and he ran over straight away and was like, this is not yours and started yelling and, and all this sort of stuff and became quite aggressive to her. And uh, after our mentoring session, this happened again and she just turned around and she said, go away. <laughs> and the person didn't know what to do because they wanted a fiery response so then they could escalate more and it could be this screaming match. And it was great. Just go away. Just go away. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I love the, I love that it is, what what um, resources do I have in my toolkit and what's going to be most effective Um, and and then apply it so then um, in contrast what are you least proud of in terms of an interaction that you've had where you walked away and went bad move Lana should not have done that there's been many you know there's a certain type of commercial client that, that we can deal with and their committees and you know everyone's got all these different opinions and, and all that sort of stuff um, and I think it's it's again 
there was a time where we were we were doing a job and you know one come out of a door and then the other one come out of their house and it, it, it ends up in this I wanted this no we chose that no you were supposed to do this and I'd obviously had a bad week and I've just turned around and gone I'm done with all of you and just walked out you can sort it out and let me know later that wasn't professional what I should have done is took a breath stood there and go okay well she's obviously worried about her house he's obviously worried about his you know I should have confirmed that we're going to give them the end result that they want and it's just taking a breath and just standing there and going okay in your head two ways which way do I want to go and that um, ability to pause in the moment how do you learn that because I know uh, the younger version of Shelley didn't actually have a pause it didn't exist Um, what about you that's been a really hard one for me because it's not really in terms of clients because I, I try and exercise as much self-control as I, I have. Um, but because Jenny and I have been friends for 15 years, we've had this relationship where we can do and say whatever and it's okay, when really it's not okay. And, you know, in times where we've been really, really stressed, that's where I've learnt my lessons. Um, there's been a f- few times that I'm not particularly proud of and... Um, you know, I might have had a million things going on at that time and Danny's come and asked me something or she may have forgotten something, which any human can, and I've just blown up just to the roof, like n- not acceptable at all. And the extreme feeling of guilt is, you know, and it's not good, but it's when, you know, your business partner and your best friend of 15 years is standing there crying and saying, the way that you speak to me is not okay. And so from all those moments um, like that, that we've had, they've been my biggest learning learning experiences. And we have a better relationship now because if something like that happens, I know in my head I need to take a breath or I need to walk away, gather thoughts, and how am I going to approach this conversation productively? Because at the end of the day, like I said before, negatively isn't going to achieve anything Mm. i'll scream she'll scream one of us will cry and it's not it's not achieving anything the problem's still there so how do we you know how do we address the problem firstly i need to take a breath but how do we address the problem and then move forward and make sure it doesn't happen again and take the lessons from it and again it's me also having to sit there and think okay i've got to replace the frustration more with curiosity and you know, why has she forgotten that particular thing? Okay, well, maybe it's because she's been running around to 17 different jobs today, you know, and she might be having a bad day. So it's me, you know, that's something I'm not particularly proud of and that's one of my worst worst moments, but it's learning from that mm-hmm. and, you know, in future taking breaths and as I have been and we have a great relationship now. And so what I love about that is um, taking a breath is really important and it's also that reflection on what are what are my lessons from this and that's what we talk about in the book um, around the results mindset is that wherever there's an opportunity you're looking for what could I do differently, what could I do better, um, what could I do less of, what could I do more of um, and so I really I love that um, as that sort of comes through. Um, And I think there's an element there of um, really good communication between the two of you and actually being willing to talk about it. 
as opposed to walking away and going, not my proudest moment and internalizing it all, but then actually not having the conversation with the person that you've, you've upset. Was it hard? Because some leaders do find it quite hard to have that conversation. Was it ever hard for you to have that conversation? Yeah, always, always hard to have the conversation. And, um, you know, so hard to see your best friend sitting there crying because of what you've done. Um, but I think what I've learned in the whole journey of leadership anyway is that all those hard moments, as much as you don't want to do them, they make you grow. And they allow so much growth in so many different avenues. The hardest, like I said before, getting that hardest thing done first, it just makes you feel good and it gives you this sense of accomplishment because you've been able to push through that hard thing and something good has come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, The other thing that um, I I sort of heard coming through as well is um, what I would describe as compassion and genuine care for the other person. Uh, How important is that with leaders? Now, I get that you and Danny are friends as well as business partners, uh, but I don't doubt that that's your approach with everyone that you interact with. How important is compassion? I think it's really important. I think, yeah, obviously it is important with um, Danny and I, but it, like you said, it's important with clients um, in terms of, you know, you show a bit of compassion um, and even a little bit of vulnerability. And I think it allows the relationship really to grow um, because it's, you know, you're showing genuine care in them. You've got genuine investment in them and they feel like they're not just a transaction they're you know it's a relationship forming um but it's also what i've learned so important with employees as well and staff and you know you show a bit of care and it'll come back tenfold not that you want it to like but it it comes back tenfold Mm. because you know we've got a staff member at the moment who has a young child and you know even something as simple as you know my child's sick today what should i do i'm not sure if i should send them or don't worry about it we'll sort out the rest you you just take care of your child and checking in and you know the next day how did it go what's it you know and and that relationship becomes so much better and you find that when you might need to lean on them for something they're definitely there yes and, um, and we were talking a little bit before um, this around um, the marble jar with Brene Brown. I'd love you to share that with everyone because I think that's a really good, um, you know, concept to adopt. Yeah, I love I love listening to Brene Brown. I think it's really um, she's got a lot of of good knowledge to share. Um, and yeah, so the the marble jar thing she talks about, um, you know, that trust is built in the littlest of moments and in tiny moments that you might think are tiny someone else it might be a big moment and in those moments you've got a, a choice to b- either build trust or diminish it in a way um, and so you know you take that little moment and you might be adding a marble into their jar um, but you in a moment because you might not be in the right mindset or what have you and you decide no I can't that's too hard at the moment when you could have just asked one question a couple of marbles come out of the jar and she calls them you know marble jar friends and um i just think it's so important and, and in hindsight lessons that i've learned with previous staff members and 
you know, simple things like Danny and I may have said that we're going out to a job at nine o'clock and haven't communicated the fact that we're not going to be there at nine, we might be there at four uh, and just haven't shown up at nine. Those things take marbles out of jars. And then, you know, when we're standing there wondering why things aren't getting done, really, it's our fault. Yeah, when you ask them to be somewhere at nine and they don't show up until four and and then there's that, um, it sometimes can be a little bit of lopsidedness um, and something we talked about when we spoke on the integrity um, component uh, of the book is making sure that you follow through with what you commit to um, because if you don't do that, then following through or holding someone accountable for something they didn't do um, is a little bit of a waste of time, particularly in terms of culture. Well, even um, it's quite ironic because, you know, one of the biggest things we focus on in our business is doing what we're going to say, doing what we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And that's something huge that we focus on with our clients. But I realised, you know, last year that internally we're not, it's so ironic, but we're not doing it internally. So, you know, well, we weren't doing it internally. So, you know, it's so important to follow through those things in all aspects instead of just to your clients or just to your staff. You know, you got to have the consistency right through. And, and actually live and breathe your values. So um, talk to me a little bit about um, your reasons mindset and um, you know, how do you help the people that you work with transition from... And even yourself is transitioning from that. It's someone else's fault. It was someone else's or something else's responsibility. And they're the reason why it failed and it wasn't me. I know that I um, still slip into it every now and then. It's quite rare these days, but it's taken a lot of kind of conscious effort. Uh, But how do you, with yourself and the people around you, help to recognize when you're in reasons mindset? And then what do you do to flip yourself? I, um, it's an interesting one because I used to be very much in that, um, the environment I grew up in was loaded with that. And so I think that's where I just automatically went to. Mm. Um, but down the leadership path, you, it's a really hard transition to make first off. It's, it's really, really hard. Um, but now I recognize that I'm in it when I'm frustrated so I, I can be really, really frustrated at something and then I go, no, hang on, what can I do to fix this? What's in my control right now? That's what that person's doing, but what's in my control? How can I fix it? You know, did I do something along the lines before this to end up here? Could I have communicated better? Um, you know, what questions could I have asked? Could I have been more clear? Simple things like that. And I try and um, I work really closely with with our, one of our staff members and um, we do a lot of sales together and we deal with a lot of clients together. And one thing I always say to her is, you know, what can we do? Mm. What can we do? And that shifts her as well. And she loves the leadership journey and she loves learning and, um, and going down the professional development path as well. And so the minute I say that to her, she knows as well, okay, that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what we need to be thinking about. What can we do? That's, that's so good because, uh, you know, often you'll hear um, conversations going on between, um, you know, a service or product provider and a customer 
And then once that interaction is over, they'll turn around to a colleague and they'll have a conversation at a completely different level. And, um, you know, similar to values and not living and breathing and being consistent, it, it's similar to that in that the conversation they've had with the customer is very different from the conversation they then have with the person beside them. And it really is the, it's that split second of um, silence before the other person responds that they have the choice to whether, as to whether they um, en- engage and enable that kind of thing, or they pause and say something like, what can we do for them? Um, and it's, and it's so powerful. So almost coming up with a statement around, um, cause I know the one that I use is I wonder what's going on for them right now. Mm. And regardless of what anyone says to me, that is what I'll say. I wonder what's going on for them right now. And immediately takes the, um, the sting out of whatever has happened, the emotion away from it and, and helps to generate that compassion and that, Oh, hang on, let me look at things from a different, um, perspective. Mm. Yeah. And it allows you then once you've got that different perspective, it allows you then to start a conversation and ask, you know, compassionate questions, show a bit of empathy and, and it turns out so differently to what you think that it's going to turn out. You know, um, there's been numerous times where, things like that have happened with us and and um, I've asked that question um, to our staff member then an email has been sent in a response and what comes back is the problem that that person's facing and it's just it allows you to understand and you know we're all human we've all got stuff going on and so I think if we can all be a little bit kinder to each other and find the positive things um, obviously the world's going to be a better place yeah and, you know, when we <clears throat> talk about um, uh, mental health and, and the challenges that we're facing in the workplace um, from a mental health perspective is um, that kindness is really important. Um, and also coming back to your um, restaurant example, are you OK? Mm. And it's a whole campaign that we have once a year. Are you OK day? Uh, which gives us permission to ask each other. But I think we should be doing it more than once a year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And, it, and it, it allows you, if you take that time to take that breath, it allows you that opportunity to open up that, are you okay? Yeah. What are your thoughts to the, why are you so angry comment that people might make? Um... <laughs> uh, look, I see it as a bit like throwing fuel on a fire or, or waving a red flag to a bull. So <laughs> not the right comment, is it? No, no. Nah, and years ago with Danny and I that's exactly what would happen why are you so angry and then the yelling match would start and it's just it, it's aggravating that frustration it's like you say throwing fuel on a fire it, it's turns into a nightmare and I don't think it's effective and a good use of time because in the end it goes all the way around in that big circle and you find out what was wrong, you both apologise and you get on with it. So avoid that circle yeah. and avoid the silly question. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and, and I love what my mum used to say to me um, when I was a kid and she obviously said it enough times that it just kind of stuck. And I think that's one of the things that we can do um, is repetition. So just that consistency and repetitiveness. But she used to say, Shelley, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, and eventually I learned to be quiet (laughs) (laughs) 
albeit I probably unlearned it, um, you know, going into adulthood and have, having to relearn it, but I have come full circle back to, um, and I find myself saying it to my kids as well, mm. um, is that they'll, they'll start name calling or they'll say things that aren't true or not fair on each other. Um, and it's that pause um, is just, just stop, just take a breath. And even, even walking away, Mm. is that you know knowing when you are in the right mindset to have a conversation with someone and when you're not um, and being able to leave it where where it needs to be left um, and then pick it up at another time that's been a massive lesson for me obviously a lot going on every day a lot on our shoulders to deal with pressure and responsibility and yeah knowing when you're in the right mindset and that's something i've adopted in the last year in my head of if you're not going to say something nice don't say it or if you're not in the right mindset to be somewhere or around certain people don't be there and yeah. and you know just because I'm in a bad mood doesn't mean I have to take that out on anyone else I have to take that out on myself and I have to go and fix that out fix it myself mm. it's it's not up to you know there is a sense of talking to people and allowing yourself to feel and all that sort of stuff but yeah it, it's not a, uh, it's been a massive lesson to just walk away, take a breath, and learn to deal with it. And then when you're ready, set it up for the next time. Then go again. Um, and I think um, you know taking that time is really important. We've mentioned it a couple of times. I, I want to ask you sort of a final question around mindset. And I'm asking you this because I've seen your your business evolve and become extremely successful um, over the last couple of years. And, um, and I'm curious about how you manage the break from the business. So there was times where you weren't taking a break from the business. There was too much going on. Um, have your views changed around, I've got to actually take a holiday? Yes, absolutely. So, um, it's one thing to be in a spot where you've got to fix things in your business and you've got to do things to change and, you know, I'm going to get out there and just work hard. One thing to work hard, and that's what we were doing. We were doing 60 to 70 hours a week and coming home, being miserable outside of work. And, you know, there's been a lot of reflection. And for the past year now, I've been shutting off work at 5 o'clock. And just, you know, okay, there's odd days where you're just going to have to, but you make it up somewhere else. But you have to shut off. And I don't mind what anyone else's opinion is about it. Everyone will have their own opinion. But what works for me is shutting off at 5 o'clock and being able to be recharged and ready for that next day. Because if you don't, you just become a miserable person and you're not in the right mindset. And, you know, in terms of holidays or rewarding yourself, um, you have to book them. You have to book them. And, you know, I've had a few things happen in my personal life that haven't allowed me to be able to do that. But... Um, previous I've, I've just booked you know three holidays for this year and I'm going to take them fabulous I'm gonna do them so our first one is in three weeks and and it, you know it's the busiest time of the year for us it's always busy for us but you've got to set it up you've got to make it work and you've just got to do it because that stuff there you know the, the filling your cup before you can fill others if your cup's empty what I've learned when my cup's been empty, I don't have any to pour into anyone else's. And then you become this person that's horrible. And so um, it's it's a good idea to have that practice around, you know, shut off at five o'clock. Um, but it's 
also really important to have a break away from the business uh, once or twice a year um, because it doesn't really stop, particularly for, for um, small business owners. It really doesn't stop ever, either you're working in it or you're thinking about it or you're working on it, um, that you can just take a break for your for your brain just to relax. What's your favourite um, holiday activity or even it might not be an activity, but what's your favourite holiday thing? I love camping. Um, I, I think I just love the idea of sitting around a pool. Yeah, in nice, warmer weather than what's here. Um, and just, yeah, relaxing around a pool or even just, it might seem silly, but I love just laying in a hotel bed and watching TV. Fabulous. You know, like those fresh sheets that there always is and like the nice pillows and just just knowing that you're not you're away from all responsibility and you can just be you and you can put your phone away and it's just you know, spending time with people, having a drink, having a laugh, like I love to have fun. Yeah. And that's just my yeah. I, I think um I think for me another thing that's helped is is having a a phone separate from so um, it's something that I've got planned mm. and I think that it will definitely help because, you know, as a small business owner, you can switch off, but if you've got your phone with you, not everyone always has the same idea as you or knows what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. And, and it's not up to other people to make the decision around your accessibility and availability. And I think um, we're all learning this in different ways with social media and being constantly on uh, is you really do have to make a choice on whether you answer a call, whether you look at your phone, um, you know, I, I like the idea of having two phones. I'm not there yet, but I like the idea. Mm. Um, I'd be interested to hear how you get on with that. And yeah, I'm, I'm by no means there yet, but I, mm. yeah, I will be there. And I, and I watch and I learn from other people and what they do. And, you know, I have a friend that works for a, a large company and, and those bosses, obviously, for their break, they pay someone to have the phone on the weekend. So obviously handing that over for them is their break. Um, everyone's got their own things that, that will work and that's viable for their mm. business, but um, you just got to find what work, works for you. I think that's been a huge theme with our conversation today around um, getting in the right mindset is there's not one way. There's a lot of different options. Um, there's It's just a matter of knowing what's going to work for you and then giving it a go. If it doesn't work, then doing something different and you've got to be in the right mindset to have the persistence to keep trying and failing, trying, failing, trying, failing. And one thing will just hit that groove and then, okay, next. And I think it's interesting because persistence isn't something that uh, I don't I don't think we do so well as a society on persistence. I think sometimes we persist too long and too hard with the things that we shouldn't be and not long or hard enough with the things um, that we should. So I think that's a really good lesson as well. Yeah. persist a little bit longer 100%. Um, so I have a, a bit of a curveball question you know how I like metaphors I love to kind of throw them in there so I'm throwing in a metaphor um, with at the end of each of these podcasts so um, I'm, I'm curious if leadership was a food what would it be? I'd say it'd probably be an apple. Because you take 
you know, to me, take one bite at a time, and it's not all smooth, but at the end of the day, you get all the way around it, and you finish it. <laughs> I love that. And there's seeds in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And it's never, like, you know, it's not done. No. I love that. And they're quite versatile, too. You mm. can make pies out of them. You can eat them whole with their skin on, skin off. Mm, I like that. Thank Different you. Colors. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love hearing what comes up when I put people on the spot. So apologies for putting you on the spot, but thank you for, um, <laughs> thanks for complying. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your insights. I think you're an amazing leader. You've got an amazing business. Um, you're doing really awesome things um, in your field as, you know, female, female owned and operated business with, um, within a, the trading environment. So it's definitely not the easiest environment to go into. Um, and so thank you for sharing your thoughts and words of wisdom with all of our listeners. Thanks so much, Shelley. Could not do it without you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Dynamic Leader Podcast. I hope you found some value in it. My biggest mantra in life is to pay it forward. As a leader, you have your own unique experience and this could make a huge difference to someone else. So I encourage you to tell your leadership story, your failures and your successes, along with what you've learned along the way. Let's make the leadership playground safe enough for leaders to fall and get back up again. By the way, if you have a leadership story that is worth telling, I'd love to hear from you and even have you on one of my podcasts. So drop me a note and let's have a conversation. Thanks so much for listening.